Well, good morning. It is so good to see you guys. How are you guys doing this morning? Are you guys good? Are you good? Yeah. Hard not to be after that worship set. It's good to be back with you guys. I've been gone the last couple of weekends. I was playing a lot of Pokemon Go and it's a... No, I wasn't. I wasn't at all. Uh, I don't think I've ever lied that early into a message before, but uh, yeah, not playing that at all. <laughs> Pikachu? Is that good? I... Not sure what just happened there. Uh, anyways, yeah, here's what I need, man. If there's, a, if there's a developer out there, I know we got a lot of smart people here at Hope. Somebody needs to develop an app that instead of finding Pokemons, we find like, like tacos or something, right? Like real ones that you can eat. So like then I would, I would download that app and, and play for sure. But uh, anyway, so glad to be with you guys. We're in week four of our series called Hashtag Winning. And I, I love the leadership of our church. They spent a lot of time reading and studying God's word. And they've identified these five characteristics these five marks that we call them that throughout the Bible that, that mark what a, what a follower of Jesus should look like, right? And these are aspects that we should be living out, that should be growing in all of our lives. And so that's what we've been talking about uh, in this series. And a couple weeks ago, Brian did a, a great job kicking it off and talking about live obediently. And, and I'm gonna put you on the spot right now because he had a challenge for us. And, and the reason I'm putting you on the spot is because this was a, it was a really, really important challenge. It really was. How many of you, how many of you have been reading your Bible regularly since Brian taught about that a couple weeks ago? Okay, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. That's not meant to make you feel guilty. Some of you are like, oh, should I lie? I'm not sure what I should do with that. That's not the point of that, right? The point is this though. If we don't get that part, none of the rest of this is gonna make sense, right? Because if we're not allowing God's word to shape us and to form us, it's so foundational uh, to who we are. I love this quote from uh, Charles Spurgeon. He said, visit many good books but live in the Bible, right? We need God's word to, to change and to mold and shape us. And so that was a couple weeks ago. It's not too late. If you haven't started that yet, we've got Bibles here. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. We would love to show you where to begin reading so that you can begin diving into God's word so that it can begin to shape you so you can live obediently. And then last week, Jason did a fantastic job and talked about the need for us to connect intentionally. That this is a very, very important thing because God is a relational God and he created us to be in relationship with him. And he created us to be in relationship with each other. I love the quote that Jason said. He said, we can't love people where they are if we're not connected intentionally with them. And so that's such a a big, big deal. Jason's challenge uh, last week was that we need to go out and connect intentionally with somebody this week. And so I hope you did that. I hope you continue to do that. Maybe it was a neighbor that you've never met before or talked to. Maybe it was a relationship that you've had for a long, long time, but you took it to another level. Continue to invest in the lives of the people that God has brought into your life. And today what we're gonna talk about is the, the third mark, the third characteristic that every follower of Jesus should have. And we're going to talk today about serving selflessly, using the gifts and the talents, right? And the resources that God has given us to help meet the needs of people around us. Um, Several years ago, when I was was still the the student ministry pastor uh, here at Hope, uh, it was after a weekend very similar like this. We were talking about serving and a guy came up to me afterwards and said, hey, I want to serve in our student ministries. I want to serve specifically with high school students. His name was was Marcus. Marcus goes to our Morrisville campus. He, uh, uh, a good looking guy, right? He's got a beautiful wife named Jess, two adorable twins. And and so I got to know Marcus a a little bit better. Marcus is a, he's a man's man, right? Marcus had a full-time job and about six other like full-time jobs. He could do anything. He could fix anything. He, he just was always on the go. And, and so I looked at him, I thought, man, I, this guy doesn't have much time to give. But he began serving physique-wise. He looks a lot like me, but 
with like Thor's body. That's the only difference. That, that wasn't a joke. That, that part that was, that hurts my heart right there, uh, right? And so he's, a, he's just this really cool dude. And so Marcus started serving in our weekend services that we had for high school students. And so he would give about an hour, hour a couple hours every single weekend. And, and I remember after a retreat that we did, it's our rooted retreat. Our high school students still do it, a discipleship retreat. Students were getting picked up. It was Sunday. We hadn't slept all weekend. And, and Marcus looked at me and he said, Donnie, he said, can we just talk for a minute? And I remember the first thought that popped into my mind was like, oh man. He's, he's gonna quit, right? He just, he just spent all weekend. He, he hasn't slept at all, right? He just realized he's gotta go to work in a few hours and, and, and we're about to lose a great volunteer. And, and so I did, um, I did what all pastors do in, in cases like that when we think somebody's gonna leave our ministry and I, and I avoided him, right? That's what I did. I was just like, oh yeah, we'll talk later. No big deal, right? Hoping he'd forget. And, uh, and so I totally tried to avoid him and um, all the students left. It was just Marcus and, and I left. And I remember I'd been, I'd been praying. I was like, God, why? Right? I mean, all these students are growing in their faith. Exciting stuff is happening. And, and we've got such a great leader that's a, about to leave our ministry. And so it was just Marcus and I left. And, and so I couldn't avoid him anymore. And so I went up to him and, and he was like, Donnie, there's something I need to say to you. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know, Marcus. He goes, I want to serve more. He's like, I got to get in more. He's like, I need to get, I want to be a small group leader and I'm still going to serve on the weekends. I want to invest more time. I realize that these students need someone to, to come alongside them and spend time with them and help them get to know Jesus. I want to serve even more than I am. And I looked at Marcus and I said, I know God told me you were going to say that because I'm spiritual like that, right? I was like, I knew that was gonna happen. And so Marcus started serving in, in high school ministry on a regular basis. He went to camp with us every year. He would wear a onesie that I'm pretty sure his mom knit uh, when he was 12. And um, every year, Marcus would make the, the, the terrible mistake of falling asleep on the bus to camp with his mouth open, uh, which led to a game of, of how many Sour Patch Kids can we put in his mouth before he wakes up. Uh, I remember one retreat where I went over to the, that house at night, the house that Marcus was leading, and went down to the basement where all of his guys were um, crashing out and they had moved all of the furniture to the sides of the room and they had somehow found a, a, a regulation high school wrestling mat and it was laid out in the middle and, and my attorneys told me I'm not allowed to tell anything else that happened that night. But, but right, Marcus, all these incredible stories with Marcus and the ways in which he spent time serving in our student ministries. But the, the greatest mark, the, the greatest mark that Marcus ever left was by spending time with a group of high school guys. Guys that went on, in fact, some of those guys are, are working here at Hope now. Some of those guys went on to serve in ministries in, in college, at crusade and things like that at the different schools they went to. Most of his guys, right, are, are, are following Jesus and have this growing relationship with him simply because Marcus was willing to spend time with them. Marcus was willing to listen to them and the things that they were going through. Marcus was willing to encourage them and he did the best that he could. He's not perfect, but he modeled who Jesus was for these guys. And I could go on and tell you story after story after story of, of so many Marcuses here in this church that serve all over in, in first impressions, that serve in, in kids' city, that serve in our college ministry, that serve as small group leaders and, and coaches, that serve in local hope, that go overseas on mission trips, right? All kinds of people that serve. In fact, and this is the thing that I love about a church like Hope, we have 10,000 Marcuses that are here every single weekend across all of our campuses. 10,000 people that show up right? 10,000 Marcuses that have the potential to impact the lives of other people. Here's the problem though. Problem is this. Only 33% of us are serving selflessly on a regular basis. Now, 
I wanna tell you something, because this is, this is good news in some ways, because a couple of years ago, we were at like 20%, and the church was smaller then. And so not only has the church grown, not only are we reaching more people, which is incredible, more people are stepping up and, and serving and using the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given them. That's a fantastic thing. But I look at this and I go, two-thirds of us are missing out on what God wants to do in and through you in the life of someone else. And, and I know... I know some of you know this. Some of you know this. You've chosen not to serve and, and you're tempted right now to go, Donnie, I've heard this message before, right? I, I know what's coming. You're gonna try and guilt me into serving and I, I get that. Some of you have chosen not to serve because you look at around at, at our campuses. You look at around at our facilities. You look at our, our band, right? You, look at, you listen to, to an incredible teacher like Mike. You look at our small group leaders. You look at all of the different ministries that happen, First Impressions and Kids City, and you look at all of the stuff that happens and you go, they can't possibly need me. Right? I don't have skills enough to offer anything valuable to them. They're, they're fine without me. For some of us, we don't serve because we look at our calendar and we just go, I, I just don't have time. Right? I, I don't have time to serve. I've got so many other things going on with my family and, and at work and all of these side hobbies and, and projects and things. And, and I get that we're all busy. We all come from different backgrounds and different experiences. We have different dreams. All of those things are, are real about us. But here's something else that's real. Every single one of us, it's this great equalizer, have the same amount of time every single day. Every single one of us have the choice and how we're gonna spend that time. And if we're honest, right? If we look at how we spend our time, the, the, what matters most to us is the thing that gets our best time, right? What matters most to us is the thing that, that gets our, our extra time, our available time. See, here's the, the truth. You don't worry about time when you're doing something that you love, right? When you're doing something that you love to do, when you're doing something that's making a difference or, or maybe impacting someone's life, you're, you're not watching the clock in that, right? You love what you're doing. Time flies by and it stands still at the same time, right? It's that, that crazy mix. Some of us aren't serving because we're just not sure what we're good at. We don't know what it is that we're supposed to do, right? We, we look around and go, I, I don't even know where to begin. I'm, I'm not sure what I should do to serve. Sometimes we hide behind excuses like, a, I'm too shy, right? I can't, I can't be up in front of people, right? I can't have attention drawn to me. In fact, I would say that most needs are met not by the people that are, are in the spotlight. Most needs in this church, in our community, are met by people that are serving behind the scenes, people that are just coming alongside and meeting the needs of other people without a lot of fanfare without a lot of appreciation, without the spotlight happening around them. Some of us are, are thinking, I'm not cool enough to serve, right? I don't play guitar and I don't wear skinny jeans and I don't have all those things. Right? I don't know if my personality and my background and my experiences, I don't know if they qualify me. Here's what I wanna tell you. God has given you everything that you need to impact the life of someone else. Some of you are taking a break from serving and I get that. I get that, right? There's different seasons in life. There's things that happen, whether it's, it's in our marriages or with our, our families and our kids. Sometimes it is job-related or it's health-related or, or we've just been through a big move. And, and I get that, right? I've served with a lot of people that said, I, I just need to, to take a break right now. This season, I've got to work through some stuff. And that's absolutely legitimate. But I also know that there's a lot of us. I know a lot of us personally that have been through one of those seasons, you're on the other side of it now. Maybe it still didn't go the way you hoped, but you started a new season, but you haven't added the serving piece back in. And for some of us, for some of us here, we're just so new to this whole Jesus thing and, and church thing that we don't even know what it is that we're missing by not being a part of investing in the lives 
of other people. See, here's the, here's the bad news. Serving isn't a, a natural reaction. Serving is a choice that every single one of us has to make all the time. Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4 says this, do nothing from, selfish or empty, from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. See, it's a choice that we have to make on a regular basis. See, Marcus knows. A couple thousand of us here at all of our campuses know. They, they know the benefits that come from serving selflessly. And they wouldn't go back. That's why they're here every single week. That's why they're in Kid City. That's why they're in First Impressions. That's why they serve in our student ministries. That's why they're small group leaders and coaches. And they're faithfully there every single week because they know the benefits. They know the joy that is found when we give our lives to meeting the needs of others. See, but for some of us, some of us, we, we don't even know what we're missing out on. We don't realize that there is an essential key to our life for us to have that winning life, that gold medal kind of life, that this is an aspect that every single one of us has to be living out on a regular basis. I don't usually give kind of the bottom line of my message this early, but, but I, I want to here because I wanna take a look at the passage we're gonna look at and, and a couple other things that, that I think are gonna prove this. Here's what I believe. You are never more like Jesus than when you serve others. You're never more like Jesus than when you serve others. If you've got your Bible, I would love for you to turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 20. Matthew 20, if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. You can uh, follow along on the side screens. And uh, um, let me just give you a quick background of what's happening. Jesus is hanging out uh, with his disciples, his, his closest followers, kind of his small group. And, and, uh, and from the story, we get the impression that there's some other followers of Jesus that are hanging around on, on the outside as well. And so uh, Matthew 20, beginning at verse 20, says this. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. And he said to her, what do you wish? Let me just stop there for a second because I just wanna make sure we, we get this part. Um, the sons of Zebedee are, are two guys named James and John. They're two of Jesus' 12 disciples. In fact, of the 12 disciples that Jesus had, he had a small group, an, an inner circle of three that he would bring with him on occasion. And, and they got to experience some things that, that the other disciples didn't get to experience. Jesus would, would talk to them and teach them about some things that, that the other disciples didn't get to hear. So he's got 12 followers, right? But he's got three there real close. One is Peter and the other two are James and John. So this is two thirds of Jesus kind of inner circle, right? And, and, and they're these two brothers, their mom shows up and asks Jesus a favor. And, and I love this, right? Because it shows that she recognizes Jesus, Jesus' kingship and Jesus' authority. She believes that Jesus is the Messiah. She believes that Jesus is the son of God, right? Because it says that she bowed down and made a request of him. Now I want you to, to picture this scenario for a minute. Right, because this isn't a random thing. This is a discussion that I imagine has been going on for a little while between this mom and, and, and her boys, right? In fact, it's, it's been happening between all the disciples. They, they've been power hungry before. They're all trying to get in tight with Jesus. And here's this mom and, and, and she looks at her two sons and says, you guys need to go talk to Jesus. You need to get into even more close in that inner circle. You guys need to be his, his best friends, right? And, and, and I imagine that the two guys are like, oh, no, 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 mom, we're not gonna do this. 
right? You imagine what the other guys are gonna say if, if we do this? I remember when I was um, growing up and, and we went to, to church, a, a very different church than this, and, and, and as, a, as a like middle schooler, I had to wear like dress pants and a, a velour shirt and like hush puppies, right? I was like, I was like a hipster before hipsters were even hipsters, and, and, and it was embarrassing because everyone else would wear jeans and shorts and t-shirts, and then I was, my mom would make me dress up, and I'd be like, mom, I don't wanna dress up. They're gonna make fun of me, right? And my mom was like, I don't care about them. I'm not their mother, right? I'm your mother. You're gonna do what I say. And I imagine that's what's happening here, right? If you don't ask, I will. And so here's this mom, and I don't know if she's dragging her two sons by the ears behind her, or more likely they're just sheepishly cowering behind her. They're wanting what she's gonna ask for, but they're, they're just too afraid to do it themselves. And so look what happens in verse 21. She said to him, command that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right and one on your left. See, she looks at Jesus and she goes, Jesus, my boys deserve a promotion, right? With a, with a pay raise and a, and a company camel and, and, a, and a corner tent, right? Like they deserve the best of the best. And I want you to, to kind of put them in that place. If you've ever had a child that's played sports or been in band or, or dance or, or acting or chorus or any of those things, you've seen this parent before, right? You guys know this parent. In fact, some of you are this parent, right? You're, you're that parent that's like, my kid's the best. My kid should be starting. My kid should be the lead chair. My kid is, is better than your kid, right? And so we, we've seen this parent. And I'll admit it, I get excited about my son's uh, accomplishments, right? I'll tweet stuff out there, I, I do. But I've never, I've never gone to one of his coaches and said, coach, here's the deal. My kid's the best, right? My kid needs to play more. My kid should be in this position. Here, here's my opinion on how you should run the team. I've never done that. But here's what this, this mom is doing, requesting to Jesus. Now, we need to remember and remember in this culture too, that the, the people had a very different understanding of, of what the Messiah was coming to do. See, they believed that, that, that the Messiah was coming to end Roman rule. They believed that Jesus was coming to literally set up his kingdom on earth, that he was going to be a physical king with a throne and a crown and, and, and a palace and all of these things, right? That's what they believed that Jesus was going to do. And so this mom is saying, I want my boys sitting right next to you, Jesus. When you're the king, I want them to be prince number one and, and prince number two, right? I want them to be right there. I want them to understand all, get all the popularity. I want them to get all of the, the wealth. I want them to share in the significance and the recognition and everything that comes with being associated with you. And Jesus answered in verse 22 and said this, you don't know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And they said to him, we are able. I love this because they said, right? So now, now all of a sudden the two boys have some courage to speak up, right? Once, once mom's done all the hard work and, and brought it up and Jesus asked them a question and they were too afraid before, but, but now they're willing to, to man up and, and say, yeah, Jesus, we're, we're willing to drink that cup. We're able to do that. We're in with you. And I wonder what they thought Jesus actually meant with that because Jesus was answering their very self-centered question by saying, guys, here, here's the deal. To re receive an honor such as like number two and and number three in the kingdom, there's gonna need to be some sacrifice that's gonna have to be made. In fact, the, the cup that Jesus is referring to, the cup of, of suffering, it was gonna take him to the cross, right? It, Jesus was saying, I'm the only one that can drink this. I'm the only one that can take all of the sin of all humanity upon myself. I am the only one who can take the full wrath and the full punishment of God for your sin, for my sin, uh, upon himself. I'm the only one that's going to endure separation from God. I have never been separated from my father before. I am going to take all of that upon myself to provide salvation for you. 
Jesus was asking them, are you guys ready to give up everything like I am? Verse 23, he said, my cup you shall drink, but to sit on my right and my left, that is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. See, I I love this part. I I had never seen this before until it was pointed out to me this week. When Jesus says, my cup you shall drink, he's referring to his cup of of blessing, right? The, The cup of freedom, of forgiveness, this perfect relationship that he had with the father. And so what Jesus is saying to us right here is I'm going to take your cup, the penalty of your sin, the wrath of God, and I'm gonna take that and I'm going to give you my perfect relationship with God. This incredible exchange happens right here. Jesus is saying, I'm taking all of the pain, all of the hard part, and I'm giving you all of the greatness of being in a relationship with me. But, but I, I don't decide who gets to sit in the seats of, of honor, right? Only the, the father does. And, and this is so cool because Jesus doesn't ridicule them for asking, even though he clearly denies their request. And to me, this is such a great reminder when we pray, right? That we can ask God for anything without fear. Even if sometimes we do it with wrong motives or or selfish motives, Jesus doesn't make fun of them. Jesus doesn't put them down for this request. But sometimes God is gonna have different plans and and God obviously has no problem saying no to us because he wants the very best for us. Verse 24, and hearing this, the other 10 became indignant with the two brothers. Here we go, right? It's on now. These guys are, it's like, these disciples are, it's hot fire, right? Like, how dare you guys do this? We can't believe that you would try and go behind our back and, and take this position. And the fact that you would use your, your mom to do this, and, and I wonder if this is where the first your mama joke came into play, right? Because they're like, well, yeah, well, your mama's so, I'm not doing that, right? Because my mama might listen to this and I'm not, I'm not gonna go there. But, but these disciples, are, they're so angry, right? I can't believe you would do this. I can't believe you used your mom to do this. And so you see the jealousy is, is rising up and the rivalry is setting in, right? The, the selfishness, this whole attitude of me first, it's all about me and me getting mine. And look what Jesus did, verse 25. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercise authority over them. See, Jesus, he, he, he corrects their attitudes immediately, right? And he says, guys, here's the deal. You're never gonna fulfill the mission that I've called you to if you don't start, if you don't learn to love each other and to serve each other. Jesus is explaining there's a difference between my kingdom and, and their kingdom. This kingdom that you, you don't like, remember this? But this is how you guys are acting, right? The rulers of the Gentiles, he's probably referring to the Romans who are, who are in charge that day. They, they lord and they power over people, right? They exercise their authority. They don't care about who it hurts. They're demanding submission from people. It's a top-down leadership kind of deal. Whatever level you are on, there is somebody that you are reporting to, somebody that you have to serve. Some of us work in companies that operate like this. Some of us came from families that operate like this. See, in Gentile kingdoms, greatness was was dependent on, on your social status. It was dependent on your family name. And Jesus is politely letting his followers know, guys, you're you're acting the exact same way they are. You're only worried about yourself and what you get out of it. And then look what he says in verse 26. It is not this way among you. Guys, this isn't, this isn't how we do this. Not in my kingdom, right? Not if you're gonna be a follower of me. We're gonna turn everything upside down. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. And in one sentence, Jesus taught the true essence of greatness. 
said, if you want to be great, you serve others. Greatness isn't achieved when you're better than others. That may work for the Olympics. That may work at your job. But Jesus is saying greatness is discovered when you learn to put other people before yourself. Instead of using people, we serve them. Instead of ordering people around, we offer to help them when we see needs and hurts in their lives. You see, Jesus' mission is to serve people. It's to give his life away. And he's called us to follow in the exact same way. Look what it says in verse 28. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I love this. If anybody had the right to be served, if anybody had the right to have one of those little silver bells, right? And just kind of ring it and go, guys, come here. Come on, take my sandals off, right? Bring me some grapes, fan me down, whatever. If anybody had that right, it was, it was Jesus. And yet Jesus says, I didn't come here to be served. I came to serve. I came to give my life for others. And, and if being like Jesus isn't enough for us, and I wanna give you five other benefits really, really quick of, of why, why we should serve. The things that we get out of this, because the Bible is so full of passages that talk about the importance of us putting other people before ourselves, the, the, the importance of us serving selflessly and using what God has given us to impact the lives of others. Here's the first one. The first reason that I should serve, the first benefit is because I was created for service. We were created for this, guys. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love this. God's handiwork, right? The the New American Standard says that we are God's workmanship. The, The New Living Translation says we are God's masterpiece. There is no one else like you. When God created you, he made you perfect the way he wanted you to be. And look what it says, created to do good works. See, we weren't created just to hold down a job. We weren't created just to to make money. We weren't created to collect stuff. We weren't created to be successful or popular or any of that. None of those things are wrong. None of those things in and of themselves, when, when you use them properly, they're not bad things. But that's not what we were created for. And yet most of the time, most of us, we try to find our significance and our meaning and joy in life out of those. And, and it says right here that we were created as God's masterpiece to do good works. And this is the most amazing part to me that God prepared in advance for us to do. Before God created anything, he said, Donnie, I know what I'm gonna do with you. I've got a plan for your life, right? A plan that you and you alone can fulfill. And even though God has given us free will, he's given us a plan for our lives where we can find incredible joy in that. Here's the second benefit of us serving selflessly. It's because I'm gifted to serve. I'm gifted. The Bible teaches us that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to choose to give every follower of Jesus at least one spiritual gift. And a spiritual gift is a God-empowered ability. They can't be earned, right? They're, They're not something that's deserved by being good enough. They're simply expressions of God's grace to you. Look what it says in 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. See, why has God given us the, these gifts? He, he's given them to us to help, to help the church, to help us grow, to help us encourage each other and build into each other's lives. But the key line here is that we need to use them well to serve one another. See, when you don't use your gifts, it impacts two people. One is it impacts you. You miss out when you're not using what it is that God has gifted you to do. But the other person, the other people that miss out is the rest of us. 
The rest of us miss out when you don't use your gifts. If I don't use my gifts, you guys miss out. We all miss out when some of us withhold the things that God has given us. I mean, this is an, an incredible, incredible thing that, that God has offered to us and he wants and he expects us to use the things that he has given us. Some of us, maybe we don't know where to start. I, I don't know what my gifts are. I'm not exactly sure what it is that God has, has gifted me. And well, start by making a list. What are the things that you're passionate about? What are the things that you love to do? What are the things that, that bring you joy and happiness? What are the things that when you do it, other people recognize and compliment and say, man, I love when you do that. You are so good at that. That is so natural to you. If you think you're a gifted singer and only your mom agrees, we've all seen enough American Idol auditions, right? To know that that's probably not your gift, right? You just stay away from that, right? You gotta be careful on, on that one. But what is it that I have done? What is it that I have accomplished? What is it the things that people notice about me and they say, man, that, that's just you. You are so good at that. Those are probably the ways in which God has gifted you. Here's the third thing. The third reason is because it gives my life meaning. It gives my life meaning. I love this passage, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says this, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. There's nothing you can do for God that's ever useless. You can't live obediently without serving others. You, you can't be a part of, of, of intentional connections with other people if you're not putting their needs before your own. This is where we find meaning in our lives. This is where we find significance. It's when we are serving others. The fourth one is this, um, because it will be rewarded for eternity. It'll be rewarded for eternity. Right? Matthew 25, 21 says this, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. See, when you face Jesus in eternity, I, I was taught that there's two questions that you're gonna have to answer. And this isn't from a verse. This is just someone's kind of interpretation that taught me this. But the, the first question that, that, you're gonna, that we're all gonna have to answer is this, is what did you do with my son, Jesus? Right, this is a question that determines our eternity. If we accepted, put our trust, our, our faith in Jesus Christ, we have a relationship with him, then we know that, that heaven, right, we'll spend eternity with God in his presence. But if we choose to reject Jesus here on earth, if we choose to deny him, if we say, God, I got this on my own, I don't, I don't need you, right, that there's this place called hell that is, that is absent of God, that that's where we will spend eternity, that God's gonna honor our decision, say, you didn't want Jesus then, I, I won't give you Jesus now, right? And so those are the two. So that's the first question is, what are you gonna do? With, what did you do with my son Jesus? But here's the second question. What did you do with what I gave you? And this is a question about our, our rewards, right? This is what determines the rewards that we receive. And, and I love this because Jesus, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, right? I didn't come to get all kinds of rewards and stuff. Now I came to serve. I came to give my life. And if that's the blueprint of greatness, according to Jesus, then that's what we should follow. We will be rewarded for eternity. And here's the fifth one. The last benefit is because serving others is serving God. When we serve others, we actually serve God. Matthew 25, verse 40, Jesus tells a story and he says this, in, this line in it. He says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least, or sorry, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Every time we serve someone, every time we meet someone's needs, every time we come alongside and encourage, every time we, we, we share a passage with them, every time we, we are willing to do whatever it is that nobody else wants to do, we're actually serving Jesus in the same way. Let me uh, 
finish up Marcus's story. Marcus, um, Marcus took a break from serving with our high school students a couple years ago when his, when his twin girls were born, and um, it was a good decision, the right thing he needed to do for his family. But Marcus is back now serving with high school students. And, and, and as I close this out, I, 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 don't, I don't share this now from the perspective of the high school pastor that, that's working with Marcus. I share it from the perspective of a dad. Because one of the guys in Marcus's small group is my 14-year-old son, Ty. And every single week, a leader like Marcus and a leader like Jake come alongside my son and they spend time with him and they, they encourage him and they listen to him and they do their very best just to simply model who Jesus is. And every single week, my son has examples to look up to, guys that he can talk to, people that show him this is what it looks like to follow Jesus with my life. And I couldn't be more grateful for guys like Marcus and so many others that are serving in our church. You see, you're never more like Jesus than when you serve. So what do we, what do, we do with this? Let me give you two things real quick to wrap this up. The first is that we need to serve where we're gifted. We need to serve where we're gifted. And for some of us, if you don't know where you're gifted, we've put a, a gift test. Um, this is just a simple thing. There's no perfect gift test, but this is a, a simple way. Um, one of our pastors developed this. It's on our app. It's on our website. And we would love for you to go just to that serving page and you can download it and begin to work through. If you have no idea how God maybe has gifted you, this might help you. It might be a great place for you to start and to begin to work through and go, okay, these might be some of the things. Maybe it saves you from walking into a ministry that, that maybe isn't a good fit for you. If you're an introvert, maybe you shouldn't be a greeter at the front doors, right? It might help you figure out some of those things from the very beginning. If you don't like kids, maybe Kid City isn't the place for you to serve, right? So, and so this might help you with that. But here's the other part of it, right? Is that you need to fill in a role here at the church is that you need to use the gifts that God has given you to begin to serve and to begin to meet the needs of other people. On the way in today, you should have gotten a card that looks like this. And on the back of this card is a brief description of some of our ministries. Some of our ministries that function here on the weekend, it's not all of them. In fact, if you go to that website, you're gonna see many, many, many more opportunities to serve in, in local hope and global hope and adult ministries and all over the place. But this is a start to help you begin to identify where is it that God could use me? Where is it that I could find significance and meaning and joy by coming alongside someone else and serving them and encouraging them? Outside, next to our next steps area, we've put up a couple of boards and, and these boards have, with the launch of Apex coming in a, in a couple of months, there's needs at every single campus, right? We've got some people that are, are gonna be going to that Apex campus and that's so great, but it is creating some, some holes, some opportunities for people to step up and to serve here at Raleigh campus at every other campus as well. And so every campus this weekend and for the next few weeks, we're gonna have these boards up that show you the different needs that are available in, in some of our, our ministries that especially function here on the weekend. But this is an opportunity for you to go and to see what those needs are, to begin to pray over these next couple of weeks to go, God, where is it that you want me to serve? How can I make an impact or a difference in someone else's life? To figure out what your gifts and, and your strengths are and, and then to go and to sign up and make a difference in someone else's life. I love stories like Elizabeth. She said this, she didn't really get the whole God thing until she started serving. And then she really had life change. One of the fastest ways for us to grow in our relationship with Jesus is by serving because we're never more like Jesus than when we serve. Here's the, here's the second thing. We serve where we're gifted, but we're also called to serve where we are needed. And guys, there are needs everywhere, 
all around us. I, I, love, I love these pictures of a guy named Mark, uh, Mark Bustos. And Mark, is a, he works full-time in a, in a boutique salon in New York City, the kind of place that I would um, naturally go to. And um, the prices at his boutique start at $150, right? That's like five years of shaving cream and razors for me. I don't even understand how people pay that much. But, but he works at this incredible boutique in New York City. And, and on Sundays, Sunday is Mark's only day off. He works six days a week. On Sunday, his one day off, he walks the streets of New York and he gives free haircuts to the homeless. Now, I bet if you, if we were able to have Mark sitting right next to us here and, and we said, Mark, is there, is there other things that you could do with your day off? I'm sure he would say, yeah, yeah, there's other stuff I could do. But I bet if we asked Mark, is there anything better that you could do on your day off? He would say, no. No, this is where I've found greatness. It's by serving. It's by meeting the needs of people around me. See, maybe those needs for you are in your family. Maybe they're your neighbors that live right next door to you. Throughout our community and literally around the world, there are countless, countless needs. But this is where it goes back and connects to what Jason taught us last week. If we don't connect intentionally with people, we have no idea what their needs are, which means we miss opportunities every single day to come alongside and to meet the needs of people that God has called us to. You don't have to be gifted to meet needs. You don't have to be gifted to mow someone's lawn or, or to make them a meal. You just simply see needs and you step in and you meet them because we're never more like Jesus when we serve others. Imagine what this could look like, right? Imagine if we went from 33% to, to 50% of us serving, how amazing that would be. Imagine if we went from 33 to, to 75% of us meeting the needs of each other, using our gifts and our abilities to impact the lives of others. Imagine, imagine a church with 10,000 people that were living obediently, that were connecting intentionally with others and that were serving selflessly. I believe that's a church that God could use to reach the triangle and change the world. And that's what God is calling us to do. Not only is it greatness in your life, but it's greatness as we get to be a part of what God wants to do in our community and literally around the world. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you so much for your example, Jesus. You didn't come to be served. You came and you gave your life for mine. You gave your life for every single one of us sitting here. You gave your life for every neighbor that we have, every person that we work with, every person in our family, in our communities. Jesus, what an incredible opportunity you've given us to follow your example and to serve selflessly and meet the needs of others. And the benefits that we get, that we were created to do this, that you've, not only that, but you've gifted us to do this, that it's through this that we find meaning and significance in our lives, that we're gonna be rewarded for all eternity because we simply serve others. And then to know that by serving others, we're, we're actually serving you, God. What an amazing God you are. So Father, I pray that you take every single masterpiece that's sitting in this room today and that God, you begin to work in our hearts to say, where is it that I can make a difference in someone else's life? And not only will I find joy in that, but I am going to help someone take steps to grow closer in their relationship with you, Jesus. So God, give us the courage and the strength and the boldness to step outside of comfort zones, to step into areas that, that may bring us a little bit of fear but Father, recognizing that, that you've called us to this. And that Father, when we do this, we're, 
closer to you than maybe in anything else that we do in our lives. Jesus, we thank you and we love you and we pray all these things in your name.